we in a housing recession. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's Adam Talks, are we officially in a housing recession? So we're in a strange and peculiar position, right? Interest rates are going out, no doubt. Um, unemployment's still low. The stock markets seem to have rebounded somewhat over the last four to five weeks. Housing prices are still holding steady and have even gone up year over year. But officially, we are in a housing recession. And this is based off builder sentiment that was just released in August, uh, a couple of days ago, showing that we are now in a housing recession. So in today's podcast, I'm going to go through some of that some of the data, and then we'll talk about impact of higher interest rates, talk about home prices, and then we'll even discuss the impact on the self-directed IRA marketplace if we are officially in a housing uh, recession. So um, let's start with what happened uh, about a month or so ago. So in mid-July, we learned that home builders broke ground on 982,000 single family homes, which was based off June. That's down from 19% in February and down 16% from the same month in 2021. So it's not a disaster, but the trend is going down. And that's essentially what happens when a housing cycle turns over. You have existing home inventory begin to spike and home builders start to cut back. And that's kind of where we're at now. The direct impact or the direct impact of less homes being built are higher interest rates. And we know interest rates have gone up over the last several months, and they potentially could continue to go up at least for a few more cycles uh, where the Fed has been focused on cooling inflation, right? We saw inflation was down to about eight and a half percent July, but you know, still relatively high, higher than it's been in the last 40 years, down from 9.1% the month before, but still high, too high. And the Fed has repeatedly said that they are more focused and concerned about inflation than on a recession. They feel like they have the powers, um, whether it's through lowering interest rates at that point to um, you know, stimulate the economy and fight a recession, they're more concerned about inflation. Now, we're not at the point of Argentina. Prices in Argentina have gone up 90% over the last year. The peso is devalued some 90%. I actually spoke with a friend of mine who lives in Argentina, and he's a, an accountant, smart guy, relatively successful. And he said he just can't survive. You know, they do not have any money. Whatever they earn, they spend. Why? Because inflation is literally running at 90%. So you can't save. You literally have to go and spend on products or just buy vacations, right? Put it to the future because the prices will keep going up. So you just got to spend, spend, spend. You can't really save. The market for US dollars is obviously super competitive and robust. And um, it's a very um, you know, scary situation in Argentina. We're not in that place, okay? The American economy is still stable. We have still very low unemployment. People are making more money in their jobs. Is it keeping up with inflation? Well, that's questionable, but people are making money. And at this point, labor market's tight enough where 
the uh, employee has the leverage over the employer. Will that change? Potentially. I mean, that will have an impact on the home market. But at this point, the difference between today and 2018 is stark, right? In 2018, banks were not capitalized well. Um, mortgages were given to anyone who could breathe. They were not capitalized. There was very little regulation and a very lax adaisical attitude towards compliance, right? So now that's not the case. It's difficult to get a mortgage. There's diligence. You have to show W-2. It can't be made up um, employee employment records. Um, and they're going to make sure that you have some equity in the home. So that is probably one major catalyst for um, a stopgap and a cushion in terms of how much the real estate market could drop. Yeah, we will get to in a few minutes where you do have experts thinking that depending on your um, location, prices could drop you know, anywhere from five to, to 15 or 20%. But we're likely not going to see a 30 to 40% decline as we did in uh, 08 or 09. So let's get to some of the um, mortgage news. So Mortgage rate spiked, we know, the last few months. And, and as I mentioned, that directly correlates to the um, slippage in the homey market. And this gives you exactly a reason why. So if a borrower in December took out a $500,000 mortgage at a 3.1% rate, they'd owe a monthly payment of interest of $2,135. Whereas if the borrower took out the same $500,000 mortgage today, or over the last few weeks, where mortgage rate is 5.51%, they pay $2,839. That's over $700 difference. Okay, so that's a considerable amount of money. So that's around 10,000 bucks a year extra. Okay, and that's obviously having a major impact on the ability of Americans to go out and buy homes. And that's going to correlate and it's going to cause prices to drop too because all supply and demand if people just can't afford prices at a certain clip and they can afford prices a little bit lower then if there are buyer sellers out there that need liquidity and need to sell they're going to have to lower their prices so according to the national association of home builders wells fargo housing market it dropped six points to 49 this month and that's the eighth straight monthly decline anything above 50 is considered positive problem is we're below 50 now the index has not been a negative territory since COVID. And before that, it was 2014. Okay, so according to the National Association of Home Builders, we are in a housing recession. And this all comes down to higher interest rates and tighter monetary policy, which means increasing interest rates. Um, of the three uh, components in the index, current sale conditions dropped seven points to 57. Sale expectations in the next six months fell two points to 47 and buyer traffic fell five points to 32. Um, despite higher costs for land, labor, and materials, about one in five builders in August reported lowering prices in the past months in effort to increase sales or limit cancellations. The average drop reported was 5%. So that's pretty big considering they're lowering prices and their costs are increasing. As mentioned, the biggest hurdle is affordability. Buyers are struggling with affordability based off higher interest rates. My example I just gave based off interest rate increases, that $700 a month uh, directly ties into that. Um, plus, um, you know, the, the fact is that um, they're um, 
is still um, the potential for even higher interest rates. So, um, you know, buyers are torn. On one side, they do want to potentially jump on opportunities because they think rates will go up. At the same time, they may not be able to afford what uh, the price is right now. And so they may have to just kind of wait and hope prices drop um, or they can try to, um, you know, try to get sellers to uh, lower their price. But that comes down to inventory uh, and inventories have, have stayed pretty um, consistent, but they're still um, historically lower than they used to. And that's one of the things that are propping the prices up of home. The total volume of single family homes uh, is expected to post a decline in 2022. Okay, the first such decrease since 2011. Okay, so think about that. The total volume of single family starts will decline in 2022. The last such decrease is 2011. Um, and that, that's kind of telling you where we need to be. Prices are still rising, right? The housing market, as I mentioned, slowing down, but prices have been up in May. Uh, price rose nationally by 19.7%. This is according to Case-Shiller Index. Um, Tampa, Miami, Dallas um, led their way year-over-year gains of 36, 34, and 38, 30.8% respectively. So obviously those cities have remained hot. Um, sales are down, prices are up, right? Sales of existing homes fell 5.4% in June, first fifth straight monthly declines, and they are now 14.2 below a year ago, but prices are still rising or still at least maintaining their price increases um, at, a, at a good rate. So that's interesting, right? Sales are down, should be more inventory, but prices are still up. The issue is inventories are still at very low levels. Okay, so even though there's less inventory, um, or I should say more inventory, it's still historically pretty low. Um, you know, this is interesting. Several leading housing market economists are projecting a deceleration uh, in home prices, which isn't, you know, to be you know, shocked, right? That's something I think we all could um, guess that that's something that uh, is probably more realistic than not. Um, housing is at least um, trending downwards, uh, demand will weaken, and you're going to have interest rate pressure. People just can't afford the homes that are on the marketplace. There is um, still low inventory, which is keeping prices up, but at some point, sellers are going to have to lower um, their price. This is interesting from Freddie Mac. In a quarterly forecast report issued by the chief economist, Sam Qatar, he projects that home buyers' demand will moderate in the months ahead, resulting in a switch from hot housing market in the last two years to a more normal pace of activity. Freddie Mac projects the home price growth will range average 12.8% in 2022, but will drop to 4% in 2023. Okay. By comparison, home gro price growth was 178 in 2021. So it's going to be about 128 in 2022 and then 4% in 23. What's that telling us? Telling us is the worst is to come. We're still treading water. This takes... If you think the market started dropping in March or April, it could take six to 10 months for the real estate market to follow suit. And that's what Freddie Mac is saying. Saying 22 might be okay, not as bad as you think. 23 is going to be a doozy of a year. And they project only 4% home price growth. Okay, that's scary. Overall, annual mortgage origination levels are expected to be 2.8 trillion in 22 and 2.3 trillion in 23. That's down from 4.8 trillion in 21. Only so 23 is expected to be half, less than half of what 21 is, okay? What's gonna happen? Prices are going down. Will there be a crash? 
Again, probably not, as I mentioned, because mortgages and banks are much better capitalized and we learned our lessons of 08. And the fact is there is much better underwriting oversight, right? The diligence involved in underwriting. If any of you tried to refinance or get a mortgage in the last few years, it's not like it was in 08 or 07. Uh, it's much more difficult. It's real. Okay. So there's legitimate underwriting oversight and that's going to hopefully um, cushion our fall. Um, you know, prices will decline meaningful uh, in meaningful ways. It also depends on where you are. You know, there, there may be a greater crash in, in the Arizona, Nevada areas than, than maybe in, um, you know, Iowa or Nebraska. Um, you know, read recently in New York City, rents are the highest they've ever been. Um, why? You know, I was just in New York City a few days ago. Yeah, it's back, right? I was walking around Midtown. I had dinner there. Um, and uh, it was packed. It felt like 2018, 2019. It was jammed. Uh, people are going back to the office um, and, and rents are up. Um, prices are up. But why? Again, people still have confidence in their job. There is very low unemployment. If that shifts, watch out. It could get ugly. And that's my only concern. Uh, I do believe if uh, unemployment stays low, which it probably should because a lot of people left the workforce, uh, immigration's down, and uh, we need people. There's not enough Americans that want to work. Like two and a half million people left the workforce, and they haven't been replaced. So I think employees will remain in the driver's seat, um, and that will help, um, I think, help cushion any type of housing um, decrease and, and help fight inflation because salaries will have to go up in order to keep uh, people working. Um, so I think ultimately that will um, you know, save us from, from a major real estate crash like 08, that on, on top of greater mortgage oversight. How will that impact self-directed IRA investors? So I actually you know, called a bunch of some of my more successful IRA investors, some people that I've known for the last 10 plus years that have killed it in real estate. And this is kind of the sum of the theme of what they're saying. Bunch are on the sidelines. Um, still waiting for prices to drop. People feel that 23 is going to, they're going to see a 10 to 20% drop across the board. See if they're right. Um, so they got ammunition, they got powder and they're well, they're ready for prices to drop right now. They kind of feel like Warren Buffett during COVID prices are too high. I don't see opportunities. I'm just kind of looking around. Um, some of the IRA investors that, that we're looking to gain liquidity and sell, they are still in the marketplace to sell. They haven't lowered their price yet and, and they're not going to because they're not in a position where they need to sell unlike the 08 and 09, which, which is important. People are a lot um, more capitalized, the assets better capitalized. So you're not getting into positions where people are so under the water, they just have to sell for any price, especially IRA investors that tend to use way more cash than um, you know, individual investors using personal funds, there is really no rush to liquidity. So people mostly are in the sidelines. The sellers are still in the marketplace. Um, they've, they're buyers out there. Um, some you know, are still waiting. They haven't been able to reach their price. The people that have gotten their prices have, have sold um, because they are a little bit concerned with 23. That's been the major theme is that not as concerned about 22, it's more about 23. They feel like there's a 10 to 14 month um, trail uh, on the equity markets. And even though the equity markets have rebounded slightly, 
uh, or I'd say considerably in the last four weeks, you know, it's still down. Um, crypto markets are, are still, you know, really down. Um, and, and the real estate marketplace is really the only marketplace that's, um, you know, stayed strong. So we'll see uh, what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I, we are heading, uh, recession is a strong word. I think we're, we're, we're going to have a correction. I don't think we're going to see an 08, 40% correction. I think a 5 to 15% correction, if that's the worst that happens, it's healthy. I think some self-record IRA investors that have powder, that have cash and are on the sidelines are excited for a correction because they're going to be able to jump on some opportunities and, and with cash, hopefully, get uh, the chance to um, um, and the opportunity to, to, to buy a, a good real estate deal. Same with uh, flippers. A lot of the home flippers that um, you know have been the core of the self-record IRA industry for the last seven, eight years um, have been on the sidelines the last two years because prices have gone too high. They just they haven't seen the, the deals and the opportunities that presented themselves prior. They're hoping that that comes back in 23, uh, maybe the end of 22, but 23, they expect prices to drop. And that's when I'm going to start looking to, to get in and buy some, some homes and, and, and flip them or, or just rent them out because... Um, the last theme I wanted to just mention real quick is rental income that in the past, a lot of these flippers have said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get in in 60 days. I'm out. I'm going to do some landscaping, put a pool in, paint the house, do a couple things. Bang. I'm going to sell it for a nice profit. Now it's, Hey, you know what? I'm going to hold it. The rental income I'm going to get from it from a percentage standpoint is, is too significant to just flip. Um, and that's what's happening in New York and other areas where people can't afford to buy. So they're renting and they're paying an extraordinary amount to rent far more um, that they should based off the value of the asset they're renting. So that seems to be the theme is, hey, I'm going to jump on opportunities in 23. And instead of fixing, flipping, I'm actually going to hold it and rent it and get some good cash flow. And then the appreciation on that asset will be slower than probably in the past. But overall, I'll, I'll have the annual income plus um, the, the appreciation down the road. So there you have it. It's a lot of data and information in, in one podcast. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I just kind of spent the last couple of days researching this and found some really interesting data that I wanted to share because, um, you know, the recession is a big word. And um, according to the Builders Association, we are in a housing recession. Uh, I think that's a strong word. I think it's a correction. Um, but I think because we have lower inventory and um, very low unemployment that uh, people are still comfortable, they're confident, and they expect to earn more money. So they're still in, in the, the marketplace looking for opportunities. I just um, had, had lunch with my wife's uh, you know, best friend, and she just bought a home um, you know, in Connecticut uh, a week or so ago. And, uh, you know, paid market price. And it was, you know, for a uh, really beautiful home that uh, wasn't cheap. So um, there are buyers out there, okay? Um, and uh, there were a bunch of offers on that house too. Not the same degree as uh, 21 or the beginning of 22. So it has cooled, but homes are getting sold. Um, but at the same time, that, that seller was um, a little bit more... Um, inclined to accept that offer right away. She, she mentioned she was kind of surprised that the seller accepted so quickly. She's like, hey, did we overpay? But you know, I think the marketplace has changed a little bit, but not to the point where people are just undercutting by 20, 30%, the asking price. People are still paying around the asking price 
there's just less less buyers, um, but not as many sellers as um, would be required to to be in a situation where um, you know the uh, buyer would maintain the hierarchy of dominance over the seller. So uh, a lot to unpack. Um, I thought this was a cool topic because it directly impacts self-directed IRA investors. The biggest um, asset class for self-directed IRA investors is real estate um, and the fix and flippers that have uh, been a catalyst to our industry and, and a big um, you know, part of it uh, have been on the sidelines the last two, two plus years. And now they're expected uh, and, and waiting patiently to jump back in towards the end of 22 and, and definitely they feel in 23. So thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Um, and uh, remember to come back next week. This is a weekly podcast. Um, yeah, I've been doing this for you know, over 350 episodes. So it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. Um, and uh, definitely appreciate any feedback. If you do, you can email us at info at IRA Financial. Um, just hit Adam Talks on the subject or obviously reach out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. YouTube, whatever, whatever works for you. Even LinkedIn, you can hit me up on LinkedIn too. Otherwise, be well, take care, and I'll talk to everyone again next week.